Today we have on the ladies of Tamarisk, Ginny Tran and Alice Casey joined us. You have to say your name with the accent. Alice Casey. Alice Casey. I actually really like (laughs) the British accent. Like I love to pretend that I am British, like more proper Mm -hmm. rather than Cockney. And I actually wanted to talk to her about that because I'm fascinated. But I was like, is that rude? Yeah. <laughs> we did a Christmas carol and I was like using too British of an accent. And she's like, no, it's Cockney. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I've not practiced that one. So, <laughs> Oh, it's Cockney. Yeah, yeah. It's a little harder. It's a little more like, dun, dun, dun. it's a little more um, it's aggressive. Like country British. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you have to. <laughs> Rather than okay. proper. And I wonder like where in England... So I are the different dialects. Yeah, I actually went because my husband was working or like training in England once. And we went and we went to London and then where he was training in Hereford and there were some other like towns surrounding it. And that's how they talk. But it it is kind of like that. It's like country English. It's like the more rural parts. Yeah. And how they have a different accent. You're going to have to teach us, Alice. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Alice will have to teach us all the things. But um, so they they're both well-known female entrepreneurs in the yes. area. Yes. Yeah. I love that Jenny talks about some of her businesses and just how nonchalantly she talks about it. I'm like, I'm sorry, how <laughs> but you're kind businesses? of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So Jenny owns Agora, the bakehouse, and then a coffee shop up in Raleigh, which I didn't know about. And Alice owns Once Upon a Fairy Tale. Mm-hmm. And they're starting a new venture together, which is such a great has a great mission and vision right up our alley with just building community and connection and families. So it was really great to hear about that. Right. And just the idea that so many of us get so engulfed in our business and their business is to get people out of being engulfed Mm -hmm. in their business um, and creating intentional connections with other people and within their own families and friend circles. So it's going to be amazing to see what they do. And even if you're not part of this community, like follow them and watch what they do, because you can take that to your community. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we've, we've talked before on other podcasts, like everything has been done before. It's okay to copy it um, and use what they're doing as an example and take it to your own community because um, it's just, it's really incredible what they're starting. And needed in every community. What family doesn't need more time together to connect? And we, we kind of go down a rabbit hole of, you know, just being parents and, uh, how time is fleeting. And so I'm really excited to see what they create and how it grows and what it looks like over the next year. So stay tuned. Yes. So (laughs) enjoy Jenny and Alice. (laughs) I'm Sarah. I'm Caitlin. Two women discussing all things in business. Welcome to She's the Boss. See where the day takes us. Yes. Sounds good. Where the macaroons take us. (laughs) I'm glad you brought them because I was going to try and cream breakfast in before. (laughs) So now you just ate a macaroon. Now I was like, oh, I'll have a macaroon for breakfast. That was my breakfast. Macaroons are the best breakfast. Yeah. (laughs) 
That and mimosas. Yeah. Yeah. Can't get wrong. (laughs) Cheers. 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 (laughs) Jenny goes, I'm not sure about having a mimosa on a Monday morning before I have to homeschool my kids. I was like, that's the perfect time to have a mimosa. (laughs) I know. It's usually at the end of the day. I'm like, I'm going to make dinner and have my, my glass of wine. I'm just going to do it in reverse today. It's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. <laughs> Start or do the both. day with that. Depending on how the day, day goes. That is very true. <laughs> oh, boy. Right, so we have Jenny Tran and Alice Casey here um, coming to talk about their businesses and just get to know them a little bit. So since we just talked about you and homeschooling and your mimosas, Jenny, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Just tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. Well, my name's Jenny Tran. Uh, me and my husband, David. Moved to this area about three years ago now, and his job brought us here, and I was homeschooling at the time, still am. We have four beautiful children, uh, ages three, five, seven, nine, so we're a little bit odd this year, Um, and I homeschool all of them through Classical Conversations, and we also own three businesses in the area. Well, we own a coffee shop in Raleigh, North Carolina, and then we own Agora Bakery and Cafe and the Bakehouse. Um, Agora's in Pinehurst and the Bakehouse is in Aberdeen. So that's a little side hustle that we do. Um, and yeah, I, I help co-host a podcast myself uh, through Classical Conversations about motherhood. So just all the fun things that you guys know motherhood <laughs> entails. And What's the name of the podcast? That one's called Blessings in Motherhood. Okay. Uh, so you can find it anywhere you stream podcasts as well. Um, so that's fun and that keeps me busy, but it's not busy enough because me and Alice came up with this <laughs> new company and we just keep rocking and rolling. Yeah. Did you, you just can re- always add one more thing. Did you just refer to Agora and the Bakehouse as a side hustle? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was thinking that too. And one in Raleigh, which is an hour and a half away. So. Yeah. Well, I will be honest. The thing that we have learned is to find a great team. Yeah. One that is bought into what you vision your business is doing and let them run with it. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to be a little bit more hands-off. And it's crazy that, I mean, Agora has only been open for two years now and our staff is just wonderful. We could not have asked or prayed for a better staff. Um, They take the ideas and run with it. David would say, oh, I want to see this. And they just go with it. I'll tell my macaron grandbabies as I was just (laughs) telling you guys about, hey, can you guys do this flavor for Christmas? And they're like, yeah, I got it. So um, that's been fun to see. I did, when we first opened up, I was baking until 2 and 3 a.m. in the morning because I would homeschool my kids during the day. David would go to work. He would come home from work. And then I would go to the bakery, bake all the macarons, and come home at 2 o'clock and do the same thing the next day. So (sighs) it's nice to kind of see the other side where our staff can just take it. Yeah. How long were you doing that? That at least a year and a half, probably. It's just been since so, yeah. this past summer yeah. that I've stepped out of the 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 bake room. We call it the dungeon because it's on the lower <laughs> level of the, the bank that we renovated. So. Oh, I didn't know there was a lower level. Oh, yeah. I'll have to mm. take you for a oh, tour like a one day. Private tour, please. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've actually hosted a macaron class before yeah. in there uh, just for a local community. Um, so it's fun. That's so Hoping cool. to do it again. Yeah, we spent a lot of time at Agora just having it be our muse for this podcast. I don't know if you knew that or not. No, I did (laughs) it. But we would meet there and talk 
and just go over our ideas and what we wanted to do. And Lotley took our pictures there. Nice. Um, so. With coffee and mimosas. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. That's one of the yes, things yes. that we liked about it because we are like, oh, we could do a coffee and mimosa picture yeah. for those episodes that we're mm-hmm. <laughs> doing. So, oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's a beautiful space. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. They did a great job renovating it. But the bank was already historical and beautiful in itself. Yeah. <laughs> didn't have to, we didn't have to do much. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. great. So, Alice, talk about your other, your side hustle. Your <laughs> side hustle. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to call it. Um, okay. Well, yes, I'm Alice Casey. Um, I am a total implant, as you will quickly figure out. Um, I moved over to America in 2015 after I married my handsome soldier husband. After swearing I would never marry an American, never marry somebody younger than me, and never marry somebody under six foot, and probably didn't know to say I would never marry an American, but there we go, Um, and a soldier. So Anyway, under um, against all my better judgments, the Lord brought me this man, and seven months later, I married him and moved over to upstate New York. And eight months later, we were down here in Southern Pines, um, and just instantly knew it was going to be a place where we were going to grow a family. For a start, we moved down. I was early pregnant with our oldest. Um, I also have four children. We're just behind Ginny. Where I was a um, seven five three one right now. Um, and so we knew we were going to grow a family here and um, fairly quickly we knew that we really just wanted to plug into the community. So I ended up buying Once Upon a Fairy Tale when my when I was pregnant with my son, my second. Um, I just knew I wanted a way to give back to the community to do something that was fun. I have a history of events planning, events management. So um, I ended up buying a company and having now bought companies and started companies from scratch, it's a lot easier to buy a Mm well-established company. So that was a huge blessing, especially in that season of about to have another baby and being in the middle of that. So um, it's been really fun, a really fun way to bring joy and magic into the community. And we do princess parties and events and superhero parties and events. And then from the very beginning where we were just doing appearances, we would just show up at parties. Um, We then, I then grew an events calendar. So that's kind of what I've been spending the last few years doing alongside raising four children. And we are now homeschooling as well. Um, Mostly just my oldest too. And sort of wrestling with the youngest two yeah. to be able to get anything done while they're awake um, especially my youngest who is purebred mountain goat so that's fun <laughs> um, I don't know where he came from um, but yeah he's the one who's always up on the tables and just you know waving at you being like I'm like, how did you get here? I just left the schoolroom and you were there. And then I came into the kitchen and you're already standing on the table. I have no idea how he moves so fast. Anyway, so that's an interesting dynamic in our homeschool right now. But yeah, alongside. And then my husband and I, my husband's very entrepreneurial as well. So we have um, investment properties. Um, We kind of leave properties, purchase properties, and then leave them sort of classic military wherever we move. So we've um, got a few properties in upstate New York where we were here um we're currently as you guys know living in Virginia um so we're sort of splitting our time mostly in Virginia and then coming back down here for big events family things we just had um Thanksgiving here so um that was that was fun um but yeah we've got property in 
Virginia as well. So that's another thing. And then my husband is always coming up with fabulous ideas for new businesses. Um, but teaming up with the trans is new and very exciting. Um, and it actually came about quite a funny story. I was getting to a point where I was actually feeling quite burnt out and praying through how do I reclaim some of my life and my time. Um, I felt like I was not homeschooling well, not mothering well, not wifing well, if that's a word. I felt like I was sort of dropping a lot of, or not really dropping balls, but just not successfully juggling them. So I was thinking about what I was going to do and I actually felt like maybe I was going to sell Once Upon a Fairy Tale. Um, and we had conversations with about three people, that's it, um, about this and ended up going into a meeting with the trans. Um, and I went in fully expecting that I was about to sell them my company. Two hours later <laughs> or so. Two or three. Or two yeah. or three hours later, <laughs> we left that meeting not selling my company, but instead forming a partnership and creating something new and much bigger <laughs> but as Ginny said the whole idea is actually that we've we're creating a team and we're putting people in place so that even though we're getting bigger I feel like I'm able to walk away a little bit more we're able to delegate some things and then we've got the support network of the four of us and our combined personalities and giftings and so um, it was not at all what I was expecting but it felt like a really good positive exciting thing so, yeah. so how do you think that impacted your, you felt like you weren't juggling all the balls. How do you think adding that affected that in a positive way? So I think just freeing up headspace because you're sharing a lot more. Like I was running, I was, uh, running Once Upon a Fairy Tale, every part of it by myself. I, I have had the, a wonderful operations manager doing the kind of day to day here, which has been huge. Um, but I think being able to share all the all the ideas and all the brain space and being able to not have to create something from beginning to end by myself, but actually sharing that burden with, well, not even burden, but sharing that task with a team of people who are all on the same page and passionate about the same thing just means that I'm not feeling like I'm drowning under all these fabulous ideas, but actually now I can share them and we can get them done together. I think that was the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. And then it actually did give me more time, <clears throat> excuse me, has given me more time to focus on the times where I'm schooling and just focus on schooling and be able to lay down some of the stuff, not feeling like, well, if I don't do it all at the same time, I'm going to miss a client or I'm going to do something wrong or, you know, I'm going to uh, mess it up and actually being able to have that support network has been huge. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when you add something new, it gives you this new life in like everything else that you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> like you're like, Oh, okay, great. Now I'm doing this new thing that like gives me this new energy and ideas and somebody to bounce ideas off of. And so I'm going to implement those things in this. And it almost makes you better yeah. in every yeah. other aspect, too. It's kind of weird. It is weird, isn't it? <laughs> it's like when you add another child, you know, you think, um, do I have to share my love? And you mm. don't. You know, you add. Mm -hmm. It just expands what you can do and your capabilities. And, you know, we're, we're, most of us here have four or more kids. And so people say all the time. <laughs> most of us, yes. <laughs> Not I. <laughs> um, people say, like, you know, how do you do it? And I, my answer is always, well, I just did it one at a time, Ugh. you know? And so you grow into what's in front of you and what you're faced mm -hmm. with. If somebody had given me four kids on day one, 
I probably would have fallen apart, sure. but I wasn't given one. I wasn't even given two, you know? And so I'm sorry, I wasn't given four. I was given one. And so I grew into each child and each change and each additional business. Um, and I think there are times where you do feel like this is too much and, you know, I'm drowning. But then that's when I think as a society, we're not very good at asking for help, but I've learned that that's really, really important to ask for help. We don't have family close by. I don't have that kind of support network. I don't have like instant grandparents to call up. Um, but you learn to lean into your community and build a community that will support you when you need it, whatever you need it. I mean, I've had incredible experiences of friends coming over and grabbing my laundry when my kids are sick or, you know, bringing meals every time we have a baby and, you know, those kind of things, you just lean into that community. And if you learn to ask for help when you need it, um, something really beautiful comes out of that. And you, instead of feeling weaker in that moment, I always feel like I then feel stronger because I feel like, wow, I have this incredible network around me um, rather than thinking I have to do everything by myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which we're kind of conditioned to do, especially as military spouses. Yeah. Don't worry, I got it. I can do it all. Yeah, <laughs> and as women, good, right? I, yeah. I made some incredible friendships through being um, on bed rest with my daughter and in the hospital. People I had never met were like taking my family food nightly. Like a few of my neighbors, like I kind of knew who they were, but they just like heard about it. Yeah. And so now I'm like, well, we have like lifelong friends that came out of this. Like, it's pretty incredible. But people ask the same thing kind of, I don't know if they ask you, Caitlin, but ask me like, how do you find time to do the podcast? Or they'll see pictures of us at fun events. And they're like, how do you find time for that? I'm like, I make time mm -hmm. for it. Because if we don't record for a week or something, I'm like, I miss you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're like, we didn't record this week. It's kind of sad. <laughs> so, well, yeah, there's such beauty in coming together and community and conversation and building those relationships. It is a human need. We mm -hmm. need it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And family can be your community. You know, I don't think a lot of people grasp that. They're, they, they'll say, like, oh, I don't have my family close by. I don't have my family either. We are like Alice, very similar. Our families are yeah, way very similar. similar. Yeah. But we don't have family close by to watch our kids for us. So I get the same question. How do you go and do this and, and go record and homeschool and tutor and all these things and run a business? And I just say, I mean, I don't have my blood family here, but I have my larger community in Christ and the larger community in our, our area. We've built relationships intentionally. I think intentional uh, think doing things intentionally in this community is a huge thing, which is part of the reason why we wanted to start Tamarisk. Um, we saw that there was an opportunity in Moore County to to provide these memorable experiences and promote family relationships, whether those relationships are with your children, with your spouse, um, who knows even in the future with your grandparents. Um, we just wanted to come alongside the community and build build community, but also build our family. Yeah. I want to go back really quick because I just have a question about you guys meeting mm -hmm. to discuss buying your business. Yeah. How did you guys, how did you even, did you market that you were selling your business? No, I didn't at all. So how did that all transpire? So we, um, okay, you have to go back a little bit. My husband and I have been part of a sort of a ministry business ministry locally called ignite the marketplace mm -hmm. for whatever well, since it began um and so usually we would 
take it in turns because obviously that early in the morning with kids. And so we would. Um, right. They made it 730. Right. At yeah. Right. Yeah. 730. Right. <laughs> Caitlin always sends it to me. I'm like, thanks. But that's during drop off time. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. a difficult it's a time with with kids for sure. Um, of Kids of any ages, because like you said, <laughs> drop off time. So usually I would go and Clinton would stay home with the children or vice versa. Um, but for some reason, when David was speaking, Ginny's husband that morning we both decided we needed to be there and we'd never met him before I don't know why we decided that honestly but we did um and so we got a babysitter to come and give our kids breakfast and we both went and we heard David share his story and you know their story as a family we didn't meet Ginny that day she was home with the children um (laughs) (laughs) and we just really warmed to David immediately um we chatted with him afterwards and it wasn't long after that when our families started sort of bumping into each other at festivals and then and then being more intentional about spending time together um Clinton and David very quickly hit it off and became good friends and then um Ginny and I followed suit which I think often it happens the other way around Mm -hmm. right um but this time it happened like that and of course because we do have so much in common like I mean four kids homeschooling all the same ages you know so instantly we had so much in common and then as we got to know each other more and deeper we just realized that that those commonalities actually went even further and so I um, I think it was actually even my husband who texted David and said Alice is thinking about selling do you know anyone who might be interested and he said I actually do know somebody who might be interested not telling us at the time that it was them um, <laughs> and so then I got a phone call got on a phone call with David and um, was surprised when he said actually it's it's us we might be interested and so it just kind of went from there and I had two other people that had shown interest like I said I literally shared it with about three people mm-hmm. um and so I was a very overwhelmed and um excited by the interest but it also you know when somebody's that you sort of think oh maybe this is a bad idea maybe I shouldn't you know maybe there's something here um and so actually when the opportunity came up to keep it but share it that was something that I was like, yeah, I want to do that. Let's let's do that. Let's grow it. So is Tamaris kind of absorbing Once Upon a Fairy Tale or how is all of this working? Yes. So Tamarisk is going to be the that it, what is Tamarisk is the big company um that we have formed that is going to be doing events um and creating a lot of experiences locally and if we dream really big, (laughs) afar as well. And then Once Upon a Fairy Tale will sit right underneath Tamarisk. So Once Upon a Fairy Tale will still stay as its own entity. Um, It will have its own, it does have its own events calendar as well. Um, And that will grow, um, especially again with partnering with Agora. Now we have a venue that we can use uh, for lots of different events. So that's really fun. The Daddy Daughter Royal Ball is also a separate event and that is going to be under Tamarisk as well. And then dot, 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 lots (laughs) more to come that will sit under Tamarisk. Yeah. So why don't you share a little bit of the vision that you guys have for this new venture. Yeah, we have big visions. We have lots of visions, especially with both of our husbands being (laughs) entrepreneurial and visionaries. Mm -hmm. Um, Who reigns you in (laughs) then? I'm the one that reigns my husband in. I don't know on your side because both of you guys have big ideas. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, We we need need Ginny. This is what we need Ginny for. It's it's really funny 
Because remember, we we met at our house one day, and David had us take uh, this personality test. Which uh, one? Oh, <laughs> the Culture Index. Have you oh, guys ever heard no. of the Culture Index? Uh, they have whole courses. He got certified through this index thing through uh, Classical Conversations, who he works for. So he had them take it. I had taken it or taken it before as well as his wife, and it goes through lots of different personality traits. But we. We all have something unique to bring to the plate with our personalities. And I definitely, I can't remember what it's called, but I had that more like low-key, um, reining it in personality. Yeah. I'm the one that's like, let's take a step back and look at this a little bit. And David, more cautious. Yeah. David mm-hmm. and I think you were more similar because yeah. it was funny because my husband and, and she was similar, but then me and Clinton were a little bit more similar. Um, and that just really spoke a lot. I remember that day feeling like this is really good because the Lord's brought together like four different type personalities for this one company Mm -hmm. and we can all take different, uh, different outlooks on things. So when we come up with, Hey, let's do this event. You've got four different type minds looking at this thinking and asking questions and planning. So I think that's going to be really good for us in Mm. the long run. Yeah, absolutely. Helpful. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we I, we know because our husbands typically both sides like my husband reigns me in. He's mm-hmm. more cautious, asks all the questions, pokes all the holes. And I'm like, but look at this beautiful <laughs> thing, you know, <laughs> so straightforward. Let's go, you know, but you need that like anchor a little bit to mm-hmm. say, OK, but and what happens when this happens? Or if yeah. we thought about this specific thing, you know, it's hard to be that person. I'll be honest, because when David came to me talking about Once Upon a Fairy Tale, I remember the day he was like, I got a new idea. And I was like, oh, no, oh, <laughs> Lord, please prepare me for this. He's like, Allison and Clinton, they want to sell Once Upon a Fairy Tale. And what do you think about buying it? And I was just like, I remember taking this deep breath, like, one more thing. Oh no. I was like, let's just pray through this right now. Cause it's overwhelming me, but he was really good too at like, okay, yeah, let's just take a minute and step back. And I remember we talked about it for quite a while and then we had them over well, for dinner or something. Mm-hmm. We had literally all of the kids yeah, just kids roaming around, around. <laughs> screaming, playing. And we were in there talking through this business exchange and somehow with all the k- screaming kids and dinner, we came out with a new business, <laughs> but I felt really good about it, yeah. you know, um, especially with the couple and the people and the family that they are, are, we just aligned so well. Mm. So how did that transpire, that conversation? Did oh. somebody come up with, like, had anybody, any four of you thought about that idea or did it really just like it manifest was, itself right then? It, I, I feel like it manifested itself right then. I Do mean, you? I think... You may have, you may I'll have be honest, ideas. when I was looking at you, I thought maybe you had the idea coming in that you didn't want to sell, but you wanted to partner. That's That was my take on it Maybe at one I point. did subconsciously. I don't yeah. know. I, th- I think maybe the idea of actually selling it was then making me nervous. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I think once we got in there and into that actual day, that, that sitting there and chatting and like Ginny said, all the kids running around, I think the idea of partnership came to me either as we were walking in maybe or, or right there because I think it just felt it just felt right like it felt like I don't want to sell it but I also know that I can't carry on so something has to change and so I think the idea just formed and then when we started talking about it it just very quickly became something that was really exciting to all of us and we actually followed that 
first initial conversation with an entire weekend of spending time together. And we actually left our children in Virginia because we were like, we need to focus. And so we came down um, with just our youngest and we spent, oh gosh, like six, seven hours just talking over our mission statement, our vision, our values. And it was that was really exciting for me that day and um, being able to form that and it being you know, and it took time, which was really nice. We, we didn't have to rush it, which was really lovely um, in seasons of life where we are busy with everything. We just sat and we talked and we ate, me ate a meal together, a couple of meals together, <laughs> um, and were able to really come up with a beautiful creation. Yeah, um, we were able to hear each other's hearts too at yeah. that point. And we, we knew we had similar, you know, purposes and ideas, but to hear just how important families and relationships are to each other, I think just kind of confirmed to us mm. that, you know, this could be something really big and it's something that we can provide for the community and help strengthen families. Um, that's one of our purpose statements is to strengthen families through intentional connection. And, you know, with the world being as crazy as it is, as it is now with so many screens out there for kids to watch, screens for us adults to watch. I mean, we've all got our phones sitting right here. Yep. It, it can be so hard to just sit back and be intentional with time with your family. And through Tamarisk and Once Upon a Fairy Tale and all of these events that we want to put on starting next year, we really want to be that that place where families can say, hey, Tamarisk is putting on this event, let's go. Because we want them to put their phones down and just enjoy being together, giving them memorable experiences that are quality, that are fun, that they're going to want to come back to and, and do every year. So tell us all the things that you guys came up with during that <laughs> six, seven Ooh, hour. Maybe not all the things. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. um, we don't have six or seven hours, but. We don't want to give it all away quite yet. <laughs> yes. so somebody steal our ideas. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is to share is our vision. Um, you know, we. We are working on lots of different experiences um, that will be coming up next year. We're hoping to do, um, well, we're, we're in the planning stages of doing um, like a Tamarisk launch, a family fun, friendly event um, in the spring. That is our goal. Um, so we're working on the details of that right now. And then after that, we will kind of fully launch in the fall uh, with the ball being in the fall already, uh, already established event. And then there'll be some other things after that. But I think the biggest thing that we're really excited about is our vision. And so as Ginny just said, <laughs> so our vision is to deliver remarkable experiences and products to create joy, lasting memories and connection. So I think every experience or event that we come up with um the goal is as Jenny just said to pull people in and for them to really have a memorable experience something that they take home with them so something I love hearing so much about the daddy daughter royal ball is when people tell me you know that the dance that we choreograph every year and teach them that they're the little girls are still wanting their dads to do that dance with them afterwards I get people telling me my daughter is already bugging me about the ball. When is the next ball in like February, March? Um, there are photographs from the ball up on, you know, Ginny and David's fridge from this past year. And so that those exact things are what we want to nurture at everything that we do. So that's kind of our lens when we're planning all these experiences is we want people to come, we want them to enjoy, and then we want them really to remember and that be something, a place that fosters those family relationships. Yeah, I was 
doing a little research. Y'all, I just love to look up things and stats and everything. But it, um, on the independent, it was saying that families typically only get about six hours a week to spend together. And that's, that's probably generous. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Like quick math in my head. Yeah, because <laughs> Thinking of our we weeks. have our schedules, right? We, we work in some fashion, whether, I mean, we work when we homeschool. Um, dads work, kids have sports, kids have clubs that they do after school. They have clubs they do before school sometimes. They have travel sports that they that take up all weekends sometimes and you know we each have our own family culture right my family culture is going to be different than yours and then different than yours and different even than um, Alice's even though our families are similar and as for us as the parents creating that family culture we can kind of say what do we want that to be and what we're hoping to do is just even if it is six hours a week that you have together and whenever those hours are can we provide an experience for that so that you can come together and be intentional, have conversation, get to know one another, uh, things like that. So that's the kind of events we're looking to put on. Um, and we're definitely, I mean, I'm going to say this, hopefully it's okay with us. Like, <laughs> do it. We want to ask the community, what do you want? What kind of events would be beneficial for you? Is it another daddy-daughter royal ball? Would it be a superhero fun run for your kids? You know, whatever that may be. We want to lean into who our community is, who mm. we can serve, and how can we serve them the best. Um, and that's talking to them. That's being in the community. That's networking with different people. My husband's the networker in our family. I'm not. I'm home alone with kids. So when I get adult conversation, I'm like flabbergasted because I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how to talk to adults anymore. Um, but that, you know, our, our background, David and I, we both worked events um, way back when we were dating. We actually worked for the same event company. So we were used to being on stage with microphones, leading kids, leading adults in fun runs and music and dances. And we are really excited to kind of get back into that mm. and create that joy, like Alice was saying, um, for the families close by and hopefully down the road further and further away. Yeah. Yeah. David's the the big dreamer. So he'll say, okay, let's think big. And you know, we'll come up with some things which in my mind are huge. And he's like, okay, but let's think bigger. And so I think there's going to be, we're working on like our five-year roadmap, you know? And so we're definitely starting with pouring into more counties where we, um, well, where Ginny and David live, where we still have a home, still have our community here. And we um, most likely will be returning to more County in the um, next year or so. Um, and so it's really where we want to pour into first. And then from there, who knows? The sky's the limit, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. What are some of the specific things that you think about when you're creating an intentional experience? Good question. Yeah. Well, we think about the community, the mm -hmm. people that we want to serve. What What do we want to, to get out of this? Do we want to invite dads and daughters? Do we want to invite moms and sons? What kind of relationship are we really looking to, to strengthen right now? And how can we be intentional in that knowing... There's going to be lots of different personalities and lots of different relational qualities. And then uh, from that, you know, I think we just think about what would ourselves, what would we enjoy? What would we want to do with our yeah. kids? We kind of draw from that experience. What do we think would be fun? Um, and then honestly, for David and I, even with Agora in the bakehouse, we asked the community, what, what do you want? <laughs> you know, with Agora, it's what flavors do you want? And sure. macarons. And with this, it can be, hey, what would you enjoy? Because we know there are some events around Moore County already that we're listening and learning from. Um, like I know at Camelot Park, there's like a Nerf war on Saturdays. Did you guys know about no, this? No, I, not know they, about it. I don't know who puts it on. If it's just like a mom or dad, but yeah, they, they bring a together. whole bunch of Nerf guns and Nerf bullets to Camelot Park and they just let the kids 
go at each other with, yeah. with the Nerf guns. I need to take Austin to yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's awesome. what happens from, because we have like this loft in our house where you go up the stairs and you can like look down and that's where yeah you know, they great... like throw their dirty laundry down of course because it's <laughs> more fun sure. <laughs> hey it's raining laundry downstairs <laughs> but um they do a nerf war there and they'll like put pillows up to like block the spindles and hide behind them and then shoot their teenage brother down at the bottom yeah <laughs> i love it it's so great. yeah it's That's fun. so fun we we actually went to a nerf part nerf gun party last weekend with our kids and it was I don't know why we just haven't introduced them to Nerf guns yet but we haven't got that yet in our home and it was really fun to see my girls took to it immediately I mean you should have seen my three-year-old she had a bandana on she had a little <laughs> little Nerf gun in her and you know those of you who have seen my three-year-old she's like cute as a button but she was like give me the gun you know I mean this girl was like at it I'm like oh well we gotta Spicy. she's got some Irish fire in her that girl but um my son my middle son my older son he was a bit more hesitant which was interesting but he took to it eventually but that's going to be definitely something new in our house. That yeah. yeah, I'll be honest. To prepare for. I don't think it came to our house till Banks was like six or seven. So yeah, yeah. it's about the time. We're about on it. When Nerf guns were introduced for mm-hmm. us. My son is the older one. He's thirteen now, but like five, six. Before that, we were like on the other end of the spectrum of like, oh no, we're not going to play with guns. Yep. But everything <laughs> was a gun, a stick, or yeah, whatever. Like stick, it did right. not matter. Boys, yeah, boys naturally yeah. do that. And my son was the one that took it to farm school. And I got like a group text of, how do all of you moms feel about guns? And I was like, oh no. Oh, oh is that mine? That, that would be my child, I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> She's like, yes, Austin did turn a stick into a gun. And I was like, well, you live in a military town and his Absolutely. dad's a sniper. I mean, so. I don't yeah. think you even have to live in a military town. No. I think that no. that's just natural. I mean, mm-hmm. little boys do that in England and we don't yeah. have you guns in the same way. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's just like ingrained in them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I asked that question about intentionality for two reasons. I think of, you know, when we talk about like time blocking. Mm-hmm. I always say you got to pick your top three priorities. Right. And I would imagine if you asked most people that, especially parents, but definitely moms, uh, that family would be in their top three, mm. right? If not their first, probably their second. Yeah. And then when you dive deeper into that and you say, okay, well, what do I want to prioritize within my family? Because that's a huge statement. My right. family's my priority. Well, what right. does that look like? Is that feeding them or sure. <laughs> spending time with them? Which, yeah. and it could be all of those things, right? right? Is it showing up to soccer or is it taking 10 minutes every night to have intentional face-to-face communication where we're playing a card game or whatever it is. Yeah. And so to tap into that, to say, okay, what are the priorities within your family? Like you said, with so many screens now, it's mm-hmm. for me to have that intentional face-to-face communication where we can be silly, we can ask each other questions, we can dance, we can do whatever it is without being distracted Mm. and have that one-on-one time, you know? So I think it's really important for all of us to ask ourselves those questions because all of us have that that same priority, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Most of us yeah, do. Absolutely. With family. Yeah. I think you hit it on the head when you said without being distracted. Because there are so many distractions, whether it's a screen or not, you know. Um, oh, yeah. Just in your headspace. Yeah. Oh, I have that email I have mm-hmm. to reply to. Okay, got it. Oh, I have to make sure I put that on my calendar for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You Mom know, life. Oh, <laughs> what are we going to make for dinner? It's really hard just to sit 
and be present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It, even, and it's not just with kids either, you know, there's families out there that they don't have kids, right? So their family is just them and their spouses. And we're hoping to honestly put some events on too. That's going to strengthen, that so much. strengthen marriages, um, strengthen, maybe even if you're just dating, you know, we're hoping to kind of dive into that. We, like I said, we have lots of visions and yeah. lots of ideas for that. Um, and our, the big overall thing is we are so passionate about families and mm-hmm. creating that family culture. Like you said, that you're being intentional. You're having those conversations with your kids. I know my kids, one of their favorite parts of their day, and I'm not just saying this, they have told me this is at nighttime before bed, I asked them three questions. How was your day? Or what was something good that happened today? What was something hard that happened today? And is there anything you need to tell me? And they wait for that question. And if I don't ask it, or if I'm trying to get work done at night after putting them to bed, they will come down those stairs and say, mommy, you didn't ask me my questions. They're like, I have something to tell you. (laughs) I need to tell you this bad thing that happened. I don't know. It's always the bad thing. That's easiest. The good things are hard to find. Why is that? I need Um, to do that. I get the mommy. I have something to tell you as I'm closing the door. uh Always. And that's irritating to me a little bit. If I ask them that questions, maybe that will give them a space. Maybe they, maybe they'll still say it as a little Mm -hmm. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but without the distractions and being, and being intentional in that is what we're hoping to provide for these events, you know, Mm -hmm. whether they are these big events that are big or just maybe they're small and intimate, Mm -hmm. you know, we're still talking through a lot of these things and figuring out what is going to really strengthen the families. Mm -hmm. But I think it's definitely important to mention that, um, you know, once upon a fairy tale is just going to be, like we said, one part of Tamarisk. Mm -hmm. So Tamarisk is not just going to be events for children that's gonna you know all of our events that we do there are going to be for children will be under once upon a fairy tale but we have ideas for big things um and especially for couples because i think so often you know there's this idea that um you get a date night every week and i think that some couples Everyone's really make time for that every week so, right <laughs> i've seen this i've seen Quarter? this in circles people say you need to take time for a date night and i'm like okay And I'm sure some couples, some families can do that. They really can. And that's so wonderful. And it's just not us. And I think that when you are entrepreneurial and you have those things, honestly, spending time working on our businesses is something that my husband and I really enjoy doing together. So it's not like it's a chore. And so we will put the kids to bed and we'll be like, oh, let's sit and do this or let's do that, you know. And there are things that we put, put off, the not fun things, which we're we're very good at putting off things we don't love, like opening our mail, which is a terrible thing to not Same. do. <laughs> we hate opening mail, but we're trying to get better at it and actually looking for resources to help in that area because we both hate it and it's a really bad thing not to do. <laughs> you you got to open your mail. And then we get phone calls like, oh, we sent you a bill. And we're like, oh, sorry, we just don't open our mail. Can you text it to me? <laughs> right. like, send me an email. I'll get, oh, Automatic emails. draft. Yes. Emails even worse. Yeah, I don't that, know. That's where I'm at. Too. Yeah. But um, I think, yeah, just to to make it really clear, we're going to be putting on experiences for every dynamic within the family. And so actually doing events for couples is something that we are really excited to do as well. And I think that, again, there are some really fabulous events in Moore County, but there's room for more, Mm -hmm. absolutely room for more and room for you guys for us to take a night off and get a babysitter and go and do something that's more than just going out for dinner and going out for dinner is great. And we have incredible restaurants and places, you know, to go and do, but to be able to do something a bit more special or just a bit 
fun and different. So we're definitely looking and and talking through some ideas for that as well. So are there going to be like facilitated and you don't have to share too much if you don't want to yet, but if there, are there going to be like facilitated activities you're thinking within these events or, um, just like, just like a fun kind of festival thing or dance thing, or are you talking about like having a counselor come in and helping facilitate conversations between couples, um, I'm kind of comparing it to, you know, when we did those retreats as military spouses Mm -hmm. and it was like, it was a fun event. We got to go to Great Wolf Lodge. We got all the free time, but then there were like sessions where we would sit down and they'd give us information, talking points, stuff like that to take home with us. Are you guys planning those kinds of things or? We're hoping to do lots of different things. Yeah, okay. we've definitely talked about things like that. Yeah, um, marriage. marriage retreats, mm-hmm. uh, marriage seminars, bringing in speakers, things like that. Um, we're really hoping, again, like you said, to dig in deep to these relationships and really, you know, family is the what the cornerstone of society. Is that what they call it? And it starts with the parents, you know, and it starts with our relationship to our spouses. And I know David and I, we still go to counseling. We, we do it every month because it's healthy, you know, whether we're in a good spot or a bad spot. And as you guys know, marriages are roller yep. coasters in themselves. We want to go there. And we have learned a ton from our counselors. And to be able to share some of that and to get some of these relationships that David has built, and, and I'm sure Clinton too, like they are, they are networkers. Our husbands, mm-hmm. I feel like, know everybody in Moore County just because they like to talk and stuff. But um, I would say yes to that question. And yeah, I would too. To all of it. To yeah. Of Can it. I put in a request? Yeah. Absolutely. I'd really like to learn how to dance. Not like like <laughs> shit booty dance, but like a two-step or a swing. I'd really like to do that. Uh, Did you know my husband is a ballroom story. dancer? Yeah. <laughs> David is a ballroom dancer. Wow. Oh, okay. that has already been talked about. Okay, we yes. actually had at Agora some salsa nights just for like our friends. Because again, yeah. we, we love hospitality. We love to host, just like Alice was saying, they love to host during mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. I think that was earlier today. But um, we've had like our church groups over, our friends in just in our neighborhood at Agora. We've moved the tables away and we have oh, I'm sure salsa dancing is beautiful. his favorite (laughs) um so we're hoping to do lots of stuff on a bigger scale through tamarisk yeah Yeah. you know we're still going to have lots of smaller events Mm -hmm. at agora as well and and through once upon a fairy tale for kids but i think the possibilities are endless and we are super excited to to be on this journey together Mm -hmm. uh like alice was saying earlier with support from four of us instead of just one mind or you know us running agora um, and I know we're going to be looking to our staff as well because they have great ideas too. And to get some good people on our team, um, I know David and I, we've owned many businesses before and we've been able to sell them that God has been good. Um, but it's about getting the right people on the bus for your business mm. that are, they may not be in the right position, but if they're on your bus, you can figure out their position on the bus later. I think we read, I read that in a book. Good. We say good that to great or something. Do y'all say that too? It's yeah. in a book that I had to read way long ago good to great or something one of those fun books but um yeah yeah and then when you put them in the wrong position figuring out what better position yeah when you know that they're good for your business and and they they see your vision and they're (laughs) aligned with that vision Mm -hmm. one of my um managers the the theater company manager she was a nurse and she's like, yeah, I'm thinking about leaving my job, but I don't know what I want to do. And I was like, come work for me. She's like, doing what? I'm like, 
I don't know, but I know you'd be really good because you are very organized. And she was a mom of one of our students. So I'd send her everything to proof all the time because she'd be like, "Uh, your email has a typo. (laughs) She would just be like, your brochure says this. I'm like, oh, crap. (laughs) Because, you know, you look at something for so long, you'll like catch all the stuff. And she always... I was just started sending stuff to her to proof. So I knew that she was always on top of stuff, always responsive. And I was like, I can use her somehow. Yeah. And, you know, we just kind of were like, okay, she worked the front desk for a little bit. And then we're like, oh, you'd be really good at organizing this. And now she's the theater company manager and yeah. doing all those things. So, yeah, it's fun to kind of find the right people and, and put them in those places. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, my question, how'd you come up with the name Tamarisk? Clinton. Yeah, Clinton. So Clinton was listening to a podcast um, and the Tamarisk tree um, is actually in the Bible. And um, who was it? Who it? Abraham. <laughs> there we go. Total brain block. Abraham um, is thought to have planted a Tamarisk tree um, in the desert. Now, Tamarisk trees take hundreds of years to grow. And so um, what scholars believe happened is that he planted a tree that hundreds of years later when his descendants were traveling through the desert they would have had that as a place of rest and cover and you know um it's also really cool because they create their own ac system so when you are under the shade of a tamarisk tree it's actually creating its own little ac system so it is significantly cooler than when you're under another Mm. tree so the idea that we loved was that it's a generational thing you're not planting it Abraham would never have seen anything more than even possibly a sprout Um, but he planted it knowing and trusting in the promises that God had made him for his future and his descendants which you know if you know the story of Abraham you know he was waiting 20 years for a son that he'd been promised and then you know, had issues between his two sons, had to banish one. So like there was all these promises that he was clinging onto that he wasn't seeing happen in front of him. But we know, you know, his descendants were innumerable. And so the idea of planting something now and it being this legacy and something that our currently eight children. Um, currently. <laughs> well, what does you never that know. mean? <laughs> yeah. Are we this making is not an announcement. An announcement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's pregnant? Who's pregnant at this table? Nobody's pregnant at this table. We just got a puppy. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, and we are not getting a puppy. Um, so the idea of it being something that we leave for our children and that could we create and, and the idea that it will be something that grows beyond what we can imagine beyond what we will even have a hand in. Cause the idea is that we, we leave it, you know, for our children. And I think that's something that's also unique about our families that we're both really passionate about teaching our children how to do business. Yeah. yeah. And so that is something that it's, it's one of the reasons we homeschool because I, my husband and I, and this, this may be a, controversial opinion but we don't we don't hold much weight on a lot of what the educational system teaches so there's a lot of stuff that we learned I learned uh, my husband was actually homeschooled k through 12 and there was a lot of stuff that I learned at school that I feel like is completely useless and it was a waste of my time and I wish that I'd been taught useful things like how to budget I'm terrible at budgeting and how to create a business and how to, you know, all those things that 
are really going to set them up in life. And yes, 100%, if our children want to be doctors, nurses, lawyers, whatever, then we will funnel them in that direction and support those dreams, 100%. Mm-hmm. But also alongside that, we want to teach them how to have side hustles because I believe that when you have a job, it's not as secure you know, somebody can say, well, we're downsizing. We're just talking about this yesterday. Right. And so we want them to be able to be like, okay, my, my side hustle can actually support me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can walk away or, you know, something happens in their career and we actually thought, um, that we might be out of the military a couple of years ago, um, with some different things that were going on in the world. And so we were preparing, to be able to walk away and it not be this like huge lurch in our family. And so the kids saw that they saw us preparing and being able to get ready. And so that didn't happen. We're still, um, active duty military, but we have these businesses that are able to support us in the event that he walks away from that. Um, and so just being able to teach the kids those skills and those life skills and seeing them be part of it. I mean, we all very much bring our kids along in our business journey. We celebrate the highs with them. They pray with us when we're praying for something specific. Um, we have them be part of that because again, it's not just me and Clinton doing this business. It's actually our family business. It's this legacy that we're leaving for them. So that is kind of why we loved the idea of this tamarisk tree. And that's Mm -hmm. how it all came about. Wow. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. We do the same thing with our family, like especially the older they get, we ask the little kids, you know, just kind of tailor it towards their age, but even something like, Hey, we're thinking about moving and getting a lot of land and living in a farmhouse. Here's a picture of it. Here's this, here's that. How does that make you feel? Yeah. (laughs) And just getting their opinion on it too, because what their happiness or their thoughts on it matter to us. I mean, they're just as much part of it as my husband and I, and even if, even if we're excited, cause we're like, Ooh, next big shiny thing. Cause that's how we are. Um, the way they, they feel, especially as a teenager, because their peer group mm. and their surroundings are so important to them. So like in those types of conversations with Ethan, and if you start it younger, they'll feel more comfortable as a teenager saying those things Um, like, okay, we're thinking about doing this. How, what are your thoughts on it? And just trying to paint the picture and see how they would actually feel rather than us being like, we're just going to uproot you kind of like in that, that movie inside out (laughs) where they just like uproot the girl Mm -hmm. and then all the crazy stuff happens in her mind. Yeah. Like trying to prepare them. And we, we do take it into consideration because um, we've been talking about actually moving to Virginia. <laughs> so it's I was beautiful. I, I was going to recommend gonna, it. <laughs> I was going to ask you how that works with because I would want to keep everything here mm-hmm. still, um, and how you work from afar and manage. Well, I think the primary thing is like we've already talked about is finding a good team, um, mm-hmm. and it sounds like you already have such incredible people and I think that makes it so easy um and then we're only three hours away so we can do that you know if we need to come down for one night we can come down for one night so that's been great as well we specifically chose Liberty um for lots of different reasons but that was one of them because my husband's doing his master's at Liberty at, at the moment will be in he's got a few more months left um and so that was one of the reasons we chose it I mean he could have chosen anywhere um but we didn't want to be 
you know, up in Boston at Harvard or or some other small university somewhere else in the country, we wanted to be close enough. So that was an intentional choice as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just maintaining, I'm very good at maintaining relationships afar. That's something that is, it does come naturally to me. It doesn't mean I'm on my phone <laughs> a lot, but um, I feel like, you know, having lived all over the world, Ever since I was 17, I told my parents at 17, I didn't want to go to university. I wanted to go to South America. And my mom laughed at me and said, how are you going to cope without your hair straightener? And I was like, (laughs) I think I'll be okay. I definitely took it with me. Um, But I ended up, but that pushed me to a limit back then, you know, when I was young and, and, um, but I wanted to see the world. I knew that England was a teeny tiny country and I knew that while I loved it and I had a great upbringing and experience growing up there, that there was more out there to the world. And I think that um, travel is something that's I've always been very passionate about. And actually one of the things that we want to do with homeschool and creating businesses that somewhat run themselves is so that we have the freedom to travel in the near future, um, whenever our military career does end, we want to spend months of the year traveling. And so that's something that um, I think when you have that team and you have those people and you just keep those relationships. I've always found it really interesting as well. Sometimes your relationships will surprise you, which ones stick and which ones fall. And I've always been quite okay with that. Um, There's an element sometimes where you get a little bit hurt when somebody doesn't do long distance friendships well but I think you know we all operate within our own capacities and some people just don't have the capacity for long distance relationships they are only able to focus on the people who are around them and that's okay um and so you have to just be okay with some friendships just sort of falling to the wayside and others will rise up and strengthen and often I found it surprises me which ones rise up and strengthen and which ones fall um but being okay with that and being aware that it's a season that you're in and you know friendships are very often seasonal especially within a military community absolutely so yeah yeah I think it it sounds like you have to embrace the flexibility and the variety of it because what happens when you stabilize somewhere is you get into like somewhat of a routine Mm -hmm. you have your typical people you hang out with places that you go all of that so it's kind of embracing the spontaneity of like oh we're gonna go down for a night we're gonna drive six hours in the next 24 and be looking forward to that almost Mm -hmm. than feeling it's like a burden yeah now so it's kind of just the way it sounds like that you view it versus it being something that's like this sounds hard and challenging and you know I'm not a good traveler or whatever the story is versus how you view it Mm. which is like oh no this is fun (laughs) (laughs) but also knowing your limits I mean we had September and October for us were incredibly full and we were gone from our home in Virginia six weekends in a row and the seventh weekend I was supposed to come down here I actually had a dentist appointment on the Monday and I was so run down Mm -hmm. and so exhausted that I had to say, I can't, I can't do a seventh weekend away from home. And so knowing at that point, I just knew that if I went, it would take me another two weeks to recover. And so just, again, just knowing your limits and knowing when to say enough, I can't do that. I need to pause and that being okay. You know, unless you have something like a commitment that you really, really have to be there. Um, having that exactly like you said flexibility and our kids are really great with it as well and I think you know that's the other balance point is that a lot of people say to me oh my kids don't travel well Um, my kids have never had 
that excuse as a as it's an option, an option. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to travel well if you are a Casey so they are very good at traveling and our kids are torn right now like my oldest um prefers Virginia and my second my son wants to come back to North Carolina he prefers our North Carolina house and so they bicker about it you know they're like I don't want to go to North Carolina I don't want to go back to Virginia my son actually just had an accident in Virginia a couple of months ago he was in a boating accident broke his Mm. hand and the first thing he said was I just want to go back to North Carolina and I was like honey this could have happened in North Carolina (laughs) there are boats in North Carolina (laughs) and he was like but we've never been on a boat in North Carolina and so that was now his like He's, he's doing amazing. His hand is fully healed. Um, and so, but that was his first reaction was that like, it was Virginia's fault. (laughs) I can understand. (laughs) But yeah, he, he loves North Carolina. So he wants us to come back. And my oldest is like, nope, I want to stay in Virginia. But you know, they're young. They don't, they're part of what we do, but they don't get to make decisions yet. Um, but we absolutely listen to them and hear their voices and, you know, understand that, those are their preferences um but I mean my oldest is now very aware that we go where the military tell us and she's Mm -hmm. just like why can't we choose where we get to go and I said to her well we did choose Virginia actually we did get to choose that um but we probably won't get to choose the next spot and she's aware of that even at seven that that's something that she would like to have control over as the oldest and a girl she wants to have that control um and so we're just teaching her that right now we don't have that control but it doesn't have to be a bad thing we can make the most of it we've always said that wherever we live we want to explore really well the state that we're living in and every state surrounding um one of the things i absolutely love living in about in america is that every state is different i mean when it's we like move from a little country <laughs> seriously when we moved from upstate new york to north carolina oh that was there's is a friends quote in there isn't it where it's like you need a you should have a passport to go up there like joey says that at one point in friends and then i moved to america i was like yes you should have a passport to get from the top to the bottom like they're completely different countries oh, yeah. and they don't even really speak the same language it sounds familiar um but it's not. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the space that the United States takes up and then overlay it with Europe, you're like, Oh, you could be in who knows England. And then you could be in Russia. Like it's a little different. Seriously. Very different. (laughs) Yeah. And I did grow up very blessed to travel around Europe a lot. And so, um, in fact, in December, my husband and I went to Lithuania. So that was fun. But, um, yeah. Anyway, so we. You value travel. We value and travel. And that's important to remember when you're looking at leaving a business, mm-hmm. what you value and what you can tolerate, right? Mm-hmm. Versus value. <laughs> you and know, what systems, am I willing to tolerate? Yeah. And the systems that you set up in place. I mm-hmm. think systems and people are so important. Getting the right people, having the right systems, because then you can manage things from afar. And especially nowadays with laptops and, you know, all these things, like it actually is so easy to do. What I did find though, and I have found is that because I lost the personal connection and my operations manager, while she's absolutely fabulous, she doesn't have young kids. And so she wasn't out as much in the community. And I did feel like I noticed that, it just, I noticed a difference in what was getting booked because usually I'm out with my kids in the community all the time. You know, I don't want to stay in my house every single day. So I would take them out to the playground or I'd take them down to an event that was happening downtown Southern Pines or, you know, even just take them out to a cafe to hang, hang out and chat to people. And then you end up, you end up talking to people. I'm 
100% extroverted. So I'm always going to chat to somebody next to me or say hello and then, you know, get, <laughs> that get talking my to them. kids. They're like, do you have to tell everyone about Encore? And I'm like, well, that's what I do. I'm yeah. just talking yes, about right. what I do. You're the great <laughs> market of the business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now my oldest is copying me. Yesterday at church, she saw a gentleman sitting with his young daughter um, in the little cafe area of our church. And she went over and told them about the daddy-daughter royal ball, um, which was, <laughs> yeah. I was like, great. Thanks, babe. Yeah. She also wants awesome. commission when she does that. Oh, um, <laughs> you're, you're teaching learning. her well. Yeah. <laughs> when do I get my cut, mommy? Yeah. <laughs> so, Jenny, how do you kind of um, prepare your employees for when you step back a little bit? So we were at, um, I'll give a little preface as my question. We did our winter market thing for um, this past Saturday. And we have all these vendors come and then all these performances. And we were setting up the night before. And I had eaten at a restaurant that cross-contaminated me. And so my stomach was really, really upset. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it tomorrow. And they're like, you have to be here. And I'm like, you guys can do this without me. And they're like, no, we can't. I'm like, I promise you can do it without me. And so I went the next day and I did nothing. Like I literally just talked to the families and made the connections with everyone and Mm. all of that. And at the end of the day, I went up to the, one of my employees that said that, and I was like, do you know what I did today? Nothing. Yeah. (laughs) I said, I literally walked around and talked to people and she's like, Oh. But also that's something. Right. Yeah. It's something. That's major. <laughs> it is a big deal. But, Don't discount that part of it. Right. But could ha- could the event have gone on without me and still been successful and still been fun? Absolutely. Does me making the connection as the owner with our um, students and parents, is that important? Absolutely. Yes. But just that idea of like, I trust you to do all of this. The, you guys are going to do a great job without them feeling like the pressure. And I guess, how do you excite them to do that versus making them feel a lot of pressure? Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head without knowing it. You encourage them. And that's (laughs) what we really try to do to our employees. We, we try to make a point at Agora at least because we have been able to step very, very much away from Agora this past year, even in the second year of business. And that's, yeah, that's why I ask because I've never seen you guys there and I go there quite a bit. <laughs> we probably should be there more than we can. I, no, I admire it. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Well, that, and that was kind of like you were talking about earlier. We, we had a really hard summer, so we had to step back a little bit. Um, but that doesn't mean we weren't just because we weren't visible. Doesn't mean we weren't a part of it. Yeah. Right. David, David goes in more than me. Um, but once a week we have a meeting with our staff and we try to let them speak about what they're struggling with and how can we help you? That is one of our main questions is how can we help? Because we want them to feel like they can run with it because if they're bought into the vision, they're going to want to push that vision. And we've let them know the more you're bought into it, yeah, your salary may increase or you make it more responsibility or, okay, you're, you're uh, a coffee barista right now and you want to be a manager. All right, well, hey, here's some steps that, that might get you that way. Uh, we, ha- we currently have some interns from St. Hills Community College in the culinary school there. Cool. And they are my macaron grandbabies because I taught our head baker how to make the, the max. I needed to step away a little bit. And then she taught them. And our head baker is not with us anymore. But when she left, they were like, Jenny, you're going to be here, right? Like, she's not going to be here anymore. And I was like, you girls have this. You can do it. If you need me, I will come in one day. And I kind of told them my day because I'm a mom. I said, I'll come in with you this day, but I'm just going to stand back and I'm going to watch you and I'll let you know. So I just took that extra time out. I think I had two of my children with me. They were sitting 
in the bakery just watching us bake. And I was there and they'd ask me questions. And I, I, I'm a classical educator. So my, my go-to is when they ask me a question, I just ask them a question right back. <laughs> well, what do you think? Uh-huh. How much sugar do you think you should do? How do you think you should decorate that macaron? What do you think would be appealing to, to the customer? And I get them thinking and they come up with the idea themselves and they'll be like, Jenny, you did a great job. And I'm like, no, that was you. <laughs> and I make sure to give them the, the credit because encouragement, I know for me and my personality, at least uh, encouragement goes so far. Mm. Um, a positive word. And, you know, you've got to give the critical feedback as well. But to kind of sandwich it in with all the encouragement as well, I think goes really, really far with your employees. And it, it gives them that ownership of your business to want to do well for you. An encore, you know, um, or Agora in my case. Um, when you bought the bakehouse, was it already kind of running smoothly and you didn't really have to do yeah, much for it? it was. That's how David talked me into it. Because, again, <laughs> we, had, we had just moved here. We had just opened up Agora. We moved in December. And the next September, Agora opened up. And I had just had a baby. So I had a one-year-old by that time. And then when Martin came to us to buy the the bakehouse, I was like, absolutely not. We need a, we need a break from all of this. And, uh, when David explained it to me and then when we met with Martin and Marina, we were just like, you know, we, we can do this because it was already set up. They had wholesale accounts already and we loved the staff there. Uh, but also, um, being on the flip side of it, Martin encouraged us so much. And he said, hey, I will stay on with you guys for two months to get you set up. That way, whatever goes wrong, you have me at your disposal. Um, and even though he was still teaching at the culinary school. So for him to give us that encouragement, we were on the receiving side of that. Like, yeah, we can do this. We can still put out his vision for the bakehouse because we wanted to keep that there. It was such a staple in the community. It was a little scary to kind of take over. Sure. Lots of pressure. Yeah. The Barcelona burger is the big hit. And we like, we have to keep this. Um, So I think his mom stayed on staff for as long as she could as well to help um, the cooks and stuff learn that. So it was just really nice to have that encouragement, even though Martin wasn't there every day face to face we had him on speed dial and we definitely used it. Going back to the point Alice made earlier of knowing when to ask for help. And I think that can be so key even in your business, asking your employees for help, letting them know like, yeah, I need help too. I don't know it all. Um, I'm learning just like you are. I'm not perfect, uh, but let's come together and see how we can do this best for the business and for the community um, in the long run. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to, Tamarisk, really quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we can. Uh, we talk about this a lot on the podcast as moms that time just kind of flies, mm-hmm. right? You're, we're blessed to be in an, a day and age where we get memories that pop up of photos from our kids at two or, you know, as infants or they said this funny thing or whatever it is and we can go back to that moment. Um, But at the same time, it's like this excitement and joy for the children that stand in front of us and these little humans that are developing and growing into these people and we're pouring ourselves into them, you know, to have this legacy and also this kind of grieving period of like, that's constant, at least for me a little bit, that's like, oh, but you were just this age and you will never be that way again. And so... 
I love what you guys are doing because it gives us that snapshot in time to say, remember when we went to this event and we did this thing together and you made that funny joke and then you met this person and to be able to have that in the here and now before you blink and it's gone. Mm. It's just gone. Like I think about Josie all the time when we talk about this because she's now off at college Mm -hmm. and I put myself in your shoes and think to myself like, gosh, am I going to have like some regrets of maybe not like these burden, burdensome regrets of like, Oh, we could never do this. But almost like, gosh, I should have been way more intentional when I had Logan here, when I had Molly here under my roof, we only get so much time together. I know we really drive this home all the time, but this is something that's like really big on my heart is like, this time is so fleeting. Mm -hmm. And if we don't come at it with intention, it will be gone. Yeah. And even in the day to day, you have to make that intention. So I think the events are great, especially if you're giving people tools, how to do that. One thing I noticed. So by the time we put, we put two of them down for bed at seven (laughs) and then the last one down at eight. And then our teenagers are always still up. But by the time we put the little ones down, we're like, like my husband and I won't even talk to each other sometimes. I'm like, don't touch me. Don't look at me. Don't talk to me. Like, cause it's just sensory overload up until that point. Yeah. And you just got to unwind and mm-hmm. kind of decompress. But I notice when one of my teens comes and just sits in the room with me, I have to be intentional because that's kind of their clue of like, now they need some of our time mm-hmm. or our me yeah. time, or they have something to talk about. And you know, even sometimes by that time of day, I'm like, I've not checked my email since eight o'clock this morning. So I'll pull it up to try and check it at that time. But I got to put the phone away and I need to listen. And so like last night, you know, our son came in from um, his youth group and came in and just was sitting there. And I was like, so, <laughs> but he didn't know like how to start the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he sat there and talked with us for 35 minutes. And for like a 16 year old boy or getting ready to turn 16 <laughs> yeah. to like sit there and talk to his parents for 35 minutes is a big deal. But yeah, I had to be intentional about first recognizing his body language and the fact that he was just sitting there in the room. He wasn't distracted on his phone. He was like, he was there for a reason, Yeah. Mm-hmm. but picking up all those little moments throughout the day. Um, it's hard. And you know, even when you don't have the energy, it, yeah. it's important, but it, it fuels you because then I was like, Oh, okay. Like I felt, I almost felt re-energized and then I could give my husband the time and the attention. Isn't it funny how that works out though? Yeah. You you feel like, Oh, I can't have another conversation, but you push yourself over that hump and it's used in so many good ways. I found, I find that a lot because I am like you at night. I'm like, don't touch me. Don't talk to me. I'm so tired. And one of the things my husband and I have started recently uh, per counseling (laughs) was to ask each other to share three emotions. And that's all you have to do. You can go deeper with it or you don't have to. But there's some nights I'm like, I don't even want to ask him what he's feeling. I'm just so tired. But if I just say, hey, babe, what three emotions are you feeling with my eyes closed? He starts sharing and then we both get Mm re-energized. And if you're just consistent and intentional and... I think it can go so far and the Lord can use it. You know, you can use it in your family. 
Mm-hmm. Um, kudos to you for noticing that in your son, though. And kudos to you, though, for making him feel safe to do that as a teenage boy. You know, that's huge. That's yeah. what I'm hoping and praying for for my kids that now we are starting these this family culture like we were talking about so that when they are 16 and 17 and going through these hard things that I'm nervous to talk to them about, he's going to come sit in my room and just stare at me. And I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. I can ask, I can be the one to step up as the mom and say, Hey bud, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Uh, And get that out of him. I already have had to do that. Some when he's, and he's nine, you know, um, it's coming. Yeah. (laughs) Don't tell me that. I'm so scared. No, I think it's a good, I think it's a good, it's coming. Like it's, you know, if you've been intentional for all the years prior to that, I can remember our therapist saying, you know, you're really setting the foundation from zero to 10, really zero to five, but like 10 is yeah. really, especially with like the, these boys is like, you better set that long before them because once they become teenagers, they're kind of out there. They're mm-hmm. like out doing their thing, you know? Uh, but if you've set that intention and you've been open and when they bring you those big things, you're not like, oh my gosh, what the heck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, oh wow, yeah, tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. Like you're genuinely curious and you're not freaking out over these little things. They're like, oh, this is safe and I'm not gonna be freaked out on. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I found is like the biggest thing, especially with Logan, is mm-hmm. you don't freak out. You just stay calm. You ask questions. Don't make it like anything phases you. You could be freaking out inside. That's fine. But you better have your poker face on. That's right. <laughs> That's right. right. And now, I mean, he he sometimes tells me too many things. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, there's a difference between secrets and privacy. Yeah. Um, Oversharing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I'm also like, actually, uh, you know, great. You feel comfortable sharing that with me? Thank you. Because yeah. <laughs> I would rather you overshare than keep secrets. Right. But um, it is this really interesting time that you have to prepare for. Mm. And I don't think if we, if we hadn't done it the way that we did it, where it was just like, sure, you can say anything like I'm nothing's going to phase me. You know, I don't know if it would have been that way. Mm. He would have been like holed up in his room and not sharing anything. Yeah. I think something that we have definitely talked about for Tamarisk as well is that specific age group is the teens, because I think there's this culture where teens pull away from their families Mm -hmm. around that age. I know I did. Um, but there was one event that we always went to as a family when I was growing up and it was at Easter and it was actually very similar to the blessing of the hounds that happens here in Southern Pines. Um, which is part of the reason I love it so much. Um, this one here, we would go to the horse races on Easter every year. And as a teenager, it was still something I really wanted to make sure that I, in fact, even as a young adult, like when I was um, down working in London, I would intentionally go back to make sure that I didn't miss that event with my family. Um, And so I think fostering these events and growing these experiences which are geared to the entire family and that are fun for all ages um like we said you know we we do the the young kid ones but actually I think that that's so important to make sure that we create experiences that the teens still want to go to with their parents Mm -hmm. um I I think that there are lots of events that teens do by themselves and that's great with their peers and their friends but I think it's also so important to bring them back in under their family unit because they're still you know under the responsibility of us as parents I mean you guys have teens we're not there yet and as Ginny said I'm also in the same boat like 
completely terrified by the teen years, but also excited about it. But I think for us to be able to look ahead, because we're not at that stage of our own parenting yet, but we were teenagers. And so, um, you know, being able to create experiences and events where that will pull in teens as well and be something that they want to do and then create these legacy events that happen every year I think the idea of like an annual event is really important because it creates that continuity and it creates something and ideally you know once they're away at college it will pull them home they're like oh I want to come home Mm -hmm. right exactly creating family traditions and that then being ingrained as part of this family's culture and their traditions that they do I think that's really important well teenagers are extremely underserved and I think most communities mm-hmm. there's, I mean, think around here, what is there for teens to go do, Outside especially with their groups. families? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what there's the rec room, which is not really tailored to like, there's a bar in there. So, you know, it's like, there's a bar mm-hmm. and kids parties happening at the same time. Yeah. So teens actually feel a little bit like, well, cause I've been, I was in there one weekend and there were seven or eight birthday parties happening at the same time, all for young kids, which is great and fantastic. They have a, it's so fun in there and they have mm-hmm. a great model. But like you said, the teens kind of get lost in there um, because there's actually, it's actually not the perfect environment for that age group. I know. I'm like, when are we going to get something for teenagers? Can we get like a rolling, a roller skate rank? Can we get, <laughs> yeah. you know, something where we can go hang out all together? <laughs> You know, it's hard. It is really hard. So I love that that's something you guys are going to focus on. Yeah. 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 And it's good that it's natural that teenagers kind of pull away. It's funny Mm because our friends have um, a daughter. She's 23, 24 now. Um, She's actually one of our dance teachers. (laughs) And she was working at our studio when she was a senior in high school. And I just love her dearly. And they were like, yeah, we can't wait till she moves out and I'm like, what? She's so wonderful. And I'm like, I'm going to be devastated when Josie moves out. And they're like, oh, you just wait, you're going to be ready. And I'm like, what are they talking about? But it is, it's a natural progression that like kind of happens where they're like, you're kind of like, oh yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Did you feel that way? Oh yeah. You felt like you were ready. Yeah. What I felt made like you I feel that ready? way? I think because it felt like they get so focused on their friends because they're learning, it's a natural progression for them to learn how to have relationships outside of their immediate family sure. before they leave the house. Right. And that is why their pool is so strong to their friend group in high school. And that's just how they're made. And it's important for them to have the freedom to do that because they need to learn how to work of course, outside of Be our house. Of course, productive human right. beings. Right? Yeah. So. Even the senior year, I loved the friend group. They were at our house all the time, too loud when I've got toddlers asleep, but that's fine. (laughs) That's beside the point. I would rather them be at our house than somewhere I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was almost like somebody just living in our house that has their own Mm. life. Mm. Like they're part of the family, but they're not really because they're not doing all of the things. I'm like, oh, she's not eating dinner here and like three weeks, Mm -hmm. you know, those types of things. And thankfully that's like a slow progression to that. Yes, it is a (laughs) slow progression. And how we became teenagers and then go off into the world. Right. Because if that just was all of a sudden, I would be like, I, I don't know. I picture myself being a terrible mess at this point, but maybe (laughs) I won't be. Yeah. I don't know because I was sitting there at Montreat and they were doing the parent orientation and some moms were just like, bawling and I was like 
I'm good. <laughs> You're I'm confident like, in Josie. I was confident. I'm yeah. like, she's ready for this. And I'm actually, now after she left, I walked past an empty bedroom and I'm like, oh, she's yeah. not sitting there when I go to bed at Well, night. two things can be true at the same time. That's right. 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 That's Ex- natural as well. Exactly. Natural progression. But I, what you're saying about the traditions and stuff are important because I'm like, okay, you're coming home for Thanksgiving. What would be an ideal Thanksgiving for you? Like what made it special for you? Yeah growing up mm. so we can still foster that when you come home and foster that for our kids same for christmas break you don't live here anymore and we always travel to florida over christmas break do you want to come home and travel or do you still want to or do you just want to come home and be home and initially she was like i just want to come home and be home and then we were home for thanksgiving she was like no i think i still want to go to florida so it's like yeah creating those family traditions um, we've never been to Blessing of the Hounds, but that yeah. <laughs> I hate, yeah. it. I so hate traffic it's like early, more than anything. It? And I'm worried. It about is early. Yeah. It's, the traffic honestly isn't that bad. Okay. I mean, it's nothing worse than sitting at the traffic circle on rush hour for, and it's 10 minutes. It's not that bad. Okay. They, they reorganized it this year. Um, so, so it, was, it wasn't it too was bad. Even, no, you just drive straight off of Mile End Road into a big field and park and, Tell everybody what it is that doesn't know. (laughs) So if you don't know, um, Blessing of the Hounds is um, like the start of the fox hunting season. Um, And so everybody goes really early in the morning. Our friendship group um, have tailgated brunch um, for the last few years. Um, And in fact, this year we just we decided as a friendship group to get a VIP space because there are 10 families or so that all come together. And so we just split the cost of that. And that was um, definitely worth it for a space like right up um, at the front. And what you do is you go and you have brunch or breakfast, whatever. And then you go and you see all the horses and all these big, beautiful horses come past and all they're all wearing their red coats. Uh, all the riders are wearing their red coats. Um, and then all the dogs come out, all the hounds come out. Um, and then they go off on this like faux fox hunt. Um, so then it's about 45 minutes where they're gone in the woods um, and then they come back and everyone's then allowed out onto the main field. And so you can go up and meet the horses and meet the hounds. And it's just a really fun, it's just a really fun event. I mean, we get all of our families up. we do get them up super early in the morning. And as a homeschool family, my children do not like early mornings. Um, <laughs> and we have the luxury of just, they wake up when they wake up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so early mornings are like, why can't we just sleep? But um, you know, we just were like, well, look, we're taking all this food and breakfast and we can hang out with all our friends and the kids just run around and play football and, um, we get to hang out as, as adults. And it's just a really fun, memorable event that we look forward to. We typically, as our family, we alternate. So we do one year Thanksgiving with my husband's family and one year here, um, in, in North Carolina. So that's kind of how we've done it the last six or so years. Um, but we really look forward to, that morning um and some years it's freezing and this this past one was really lovely and mild so we were all stripping our coats off Mm -hmm. and um and we had mimosas and coffee and the most incredible breakfast spread and we just all bring like almost like a potluck um that's how we do it my friends um and it's always been something that's been really really fun so highly recommend it if you haven't been it's worth it on thanksgiving morning and then everybody goes home and cooks their meal and does what they're going to do with family or friends or whatever we obviously spend it with friends um if we're going to stay here so it, it it's like an addition to your Thanksgiving day rather than 
taking something away from your family. Of course. You yeah. start the day, you wake up that morning and you get to have connection with yes. all the people that you love and care about. Yes. And <laughs> we're so thankful for it. I mean, right? Isn't that the whole day you're trying to tell your kids like, this is the day you're supposed to be thankful. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Stop one. Of all the days of the year. Yes. This is the day we're thankful. And so just absolutely providing, providing an experience for them that is fun and memorable and creates connection with their friends. And, and I love doing, I love doing things annually. I think there's something so cool about doing things annually and creating that legacy and then seeing it. I mean, even if you only see people once a year, you know, seeing them at something and being like that classic line of, oh, you've grown so much, you know, yeah. and now we're those people saying that to our friends, kids, yeah. um, where you just sort of roll your eyes like, oh, I turned into my parents, you know, yeah. <laughs> or my aunt, you know, every, every time you see your aunt, they like pat you on the head and you're like, I'm 17. <laughs> like, <get off> <laughs> um, but so that idea of like fostering that is really cool. Do you have any teasers you can give without giving too much away about any special event or Ooh. one that's like already in the works? You're, I think the like main one share. right now we're, I'm looking forward to is the launch event that we're planning yeah. for the spring. Um, we've, we, we're still planning it. We've had a lot of ideas thrown out. That's what we do. We just get together mm -hmm. and we say what would be fun. And we've had lots of family fun days and uh, what can we have there to be intentional, you know, Bubbles have been in the top. Huge bubbles. Um, Huge bubbles. Games and stuff. Um, yeah. Lots of music, dancing, line dances kind of thing. Mm. You know, just things that would be for all ages because we do want it to be family friendly. So that first event, just bring everybody out. Are you going to rotate um, venues and spaces that you do it? Or are you planning on finding like a core location? That will be a core location. That will be a big, a big core location. Yeah. We're still talking to a couple of places. Um and so that'll be, like Jenny said, something that will be appealing to all ages. Um, it's time to be real. It's time to be real. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. I've never had a be real during a podcast. We've got to do it. What, okay. it? what do you what mean be real? Hey, every, hold on. Everybody's got to get She'll have it. to explain what this <laughs> app is. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Okay, now you have to explain what the app is. Okay, so app is app be real is an app where everybody just got this notification on their phone to be real and so it's like oh. social media but real it's not just you posting yeah the highlight reels. like the you highlight have to take reel. a picture right yeah. then you yeah. have to take a picture right then and you don't get to see anyone else's pictures unless you take a picture right then but it's like oh. these are people's look she's in london <laughs> um these are people's like normal daily Lives so do you follow all those people? Do. Yeah. Okay. So you follow your friends and then That's it's a different funny. time every day. Sometimes it's well after I go to bed. So <laughs> I, I don't get to be real that day. But yeah, just, just once a day, just once a day, once but every 24 know. hours and then it gets deleted. And if you post on time, they've added a new thing. You can add two more because yeah. some people are waiting to like, oh, I'm going to record a podcast later. I want to take it then. Mm. So now if you post on time, you can also post two more times throughout the day for your, you know, highlight. That's awesome. Reels. <laughs> I need to share this with my family. <laughs> want to do. It's the only social media that our kids have initially because it's, oh. I can see everything. There's no like private messaging through it or yeah. anything. It's just seeing what people do on the day in, day out. That's cool. Yeah. So thanks for letting me be real. Yeah, <laughs> happened during a, that was fun. <laughs> during a podcast before. But. Yeah. So big event. Big event. One location. Yes. Families. Yeah. 
And then you guys will host events at different locations, I think is what you were asking. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then we're, uh, we're already planning for the ball and yep. the ball will the be fall. in October. Yeah. Um, we switched venues this year, um, very last minute because of, um, well, last year, um, because of renovations that were happening at the event, the venue that we were hoping to have it at. So, and the venue that we used it while it was absolutely gorgeous, um, fabulous was not the perfect venue. So it's hard when you have an event and uh, that's something that Moore County is lacking <laughs> right <laughs> an now. Event space. As, well, there are tons of event spaces, but oh big event spaces sure. so right now you've got places that will easily fit up to like 2 250 um this event is already up to like 280 because um, you guys were at village pine venue right we were at village pine yep. yeah which i absolutely love and it's such a great venue for so many different events it just wasn't the perfect venue for the how ball. many can it hold well because we do a seated yeah um, dinner I mean, we tried to squeeze in 280 and it was, it was too much. Um, yeah, it was too many. So I think it could probably, I mean, you'd have to, you've had Melissa on. Yeah. Um, we'll so <laughs> I think, I mean, I think it can, ha- it can handle like 220, 230 mm-hmm. seated, um, easily and be fabulous. It was, we were just a bit too big. Um, but that is, that is a problem. That is an issue that I have been trying to f- solve, um, for a couple of years is finding a space that can host 300 because the ball um this past event sold out in 14 hours yeah, yeah i remember you saying actually it might have been 11 hours i think it was 11 it was 11 mm-hmm. we were hours. at the first she's a boss event right mm-hmm. yeah when ticket sales had started yeah and um, yeah and you were it, telling everybody it sold out in 11 hours so i what do you love... attribute that to because that's pretty impressive thank you um what do I attribute it to? Lots of different things. One, um, I've just worked really hard to make it truly magical um, and very unique. Um, I think that there's nothing else like it. There's actually nothing else like it anywhere else in the state as far as I've been able to find or any surrounding states. So I think the exclusivity of it and the the nature of it being that something special, like you will find daddy daughter dances everywhere and they're great and they're fabulous and they're fun um, and they're, you know, a little more low key. Um, they might have Chick-fil-A, not um, bashing Chick-fil-A, love a good Chick-fil-A, but it's a different, <laughs> it's a different experience. You know, this is something that's grander, more formal. Um, the guys will dress up in their military blues or their suits and the girls come in princess dresses or ball gowns. I mean, we have girls come in full on ball gowns. And so I think that the exclusivity and the nature of it, the formality of it, uh, the carriage ride, it's so unique. Um, I think those all attribute to it. Um, and also it's now been running for seven years. So there are families who have come for the last four, five years. And I have seen those little girls grow up, which is so magical. Um, But we are looking for another venue because it is hard to find a venue that can hold 300 people locally. So I've thrown up different ideas about having like a huge marquee tent, Mm -hmm. um, but that has its own cost and, um, you know, Logistical, logistical challenges, challenges. Yeah. that's the word i was thinking for. yes absolutely so um it, we we won't go back to village pine for that event um we'd love to use village pine in the future for other events yeah, that's beautiful. Absolutely. yes yeah i've been to a bunch of events there now so that's really cool saw you guys up on stage at the dance yeah <laughs> there we were <laughs> that was fun and i went to the bobby bash there and um so yeah it's it's a very versatile event space but um 
we need something bigger. Um, and I think there's, there is going to be a limit. I don't think I want to grow it too big because I don't want to lose that exclusivity. Yeah, there's that sweet spot. Exactly. There's a sweet spot. And I think I can push it a little bit further. Um, I had a lot of people who missed out on tickets this year. Same last year. Last year we sold out in two weeks. Um, this year, um, was 11 hours. And so, um, yeah, it's going to be a thing where you have to like get in the queue or you like have to be on the list already or whatever they're doing now for all these concerts. (laughs) Oh man, we, we literally, I mean, I say we, my guests, they Taylor Swifted Eventbrite. I mean, Eventbrite literally malfunctioned. It was telling me there were still tickets um, available and also telling me it was sold out at the same time. People were messaging me being like, I had them in like my car and then they disappeared. And they get like mad at you. Yes, they're mad at me. I was dance recitals. I was, I was like jittery. I mean, my husband was on his way back from uh, classes that night. It went live at nine o'clock at night. And I was like, I wish you were here. I mean, I was like giddy. Um, Yeah, Yeah, my hands were shaking. I felt like I was going to throw up, but it was like, I was so, I was so incredibly, felt so incredibly honored and overwhelmed. And I think that, um, you know, this community has been so good to my business. And so again, that's another reason why Tamarisk is really important to us to be able to then pull back, right? Like these experiences, they're not for me. I mean, my, my daughters absolutely love the ball. Um, and I would attend if it wasn't my event. And so that, you know, my girls get to go um and david's taken his girls the last two years and so that's something that is we just want to be able to create more of those experiences for families to have those memories and create those those spaces for that yeah yeah i want to go back to i don't know if you want to share this alice so we could delete this if we need to but (laughs) she sold out in 11 hours but how did you like how did you respond we created another VIP event just right on the spot because you're so good at creating I events. Did. I did. I created another VIP event. Um, For what? Happened. Two weeks later. Yeah, it happened two weeks later and we had 30 people come to that, um, which was really great. And we did that at Agora. Again, was able to use the facility because of our partnership. Um, so that was really exciting. We did another VIP event um, where we did like an afternoon tea and crafts and storybooks with, um, with a princess. So and cute. so we were able to do that for anyone who missed out on tickets. So that was, we had the ability to do that, yeah. which was great. Cause yeah. you're just awesome and thinking so <laughs> fast. I remember she said that and I was like, that's genius. Like, yeah. And it's right on the spot. And she had the flexibility and the networking ability to do that. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, a, yeah. And there was an absolute need. It's like, oh, there's a need for this. What can we do? Yeah. 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 And I think there's so many good, incredible businesses. And I love that what we do so well in Moore County is collaborate. Mm -hmm. Um, And so actually at the groundbreaking of Village Pine, I met the owners, the then owners. I know they've changed hands since of Sandhills Trolley. And um, three weeks after I met them, we put on our first princess sing-along on the trolley. Um, And that has been a learning curve over we've, we've done uh, four of those now, I believe. Um, And we have learned and grown and I've, I've put them on at different times of day every time to see like what sells out really quickly, what doesn't, the 9.30 a.m. Nobody likes that time. Um, it's like 2 p.m., 3 p.m. People don't like that time. Because um, it's nap time. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Nap time, nap time. Yep, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, we've been learning um, as we've been doing yeah, that. But, but that's, that's an do. incredible partnership you know? as well with yeah. them. Um, and we hope to, you know, continue doing the sing-alongs with them and do a couple every year. So that's another thing and another way we've been able to collaborate with another incredible local business. I mean, how fun is the trolley? Yeah. So fun. 
Yeah. You uh, could do a traveling Nerf war. That's right. The trolley. Uh, <laughs> our neighborhood. Our neighborhood does a Nerf war. The teenagers get out in our neighborhood. Have you seen this? Because oh, I know I you're in the same it. neighborhood. And they just go out and run around the neighborhood with their Nerf guns. My, my son, my nine-year-old son has seen it. He's like, Mom, can I go out? Yeah. I'm not quite ready to let it go yet, but one day... Um, and it's fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. But that's what the beauty of having conversations with anyone in the area. You guys, I mean, mm-hmm. you've already inspired me. I'm like, yeah, we do need to do this. Like I'm writing <laughs> stuff down <laughs> as we're talking because that's how you have to do business. You have yeah. to listen to people, listen to where the need is, the want is, listen mm-hmm. to where the opportunity is. And then look around you at who do you know that can help? Yes. What do we need to do? Do we need to do another VIP event? We sold out. Yeah, let's let's put it on and see who does want to come. Um, and that's the beauty of learning and growing and entrepreneurship at its heart. <laughs> That's why we right? love our community so much when we put together the She's the Boss Social because we can all come together and it's a mastermind group to be able to bounce ideas mm-hmm. simply by just sharing what you're doing and other people are like, bing, 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 bing. Yep. All the ideas like here, can you do this? I would love this. Yeah. And not because anybody wants to do it themselves, but right. because they see the need too. Mm-hmm. And if this is your value that you provide, like, great, can you can you do this? We have all the ideas. <laughs> right. And to network and yeah. say, oh, well, I can help with this or I have the right. trolley and yeah. seeing the people make all those connections that just happened at our boss giving event. And people were like, oh, wait, you do this. I need help with that. I know. And- so great to see everybody stand up and they were like... <laughs> Yeah, and they're like, I'm going to talk to that yeah. person. And then we, yeah. so we facilitated, facilitated a time for after dinner for those people to then partner That's- up to network and start planning their mm. businesses to help the other businesses. Yeah. So, which That's I can awesome. see you guys are going to do with this because for the dance, you always do a benefit for mm-hmm. a nonprofit as well. Yeah, right? we, we choose a local charity every year to support um and a percentage of the proceeds go to them and that's been really cool as well to be able to pour into completely different areas of the community some of which are new to me we've supported a um gosh one year we supported there's a there's a place in moore county which looks after military um men and women and families as well so anyone going through trauma or struggling they go out and they do like equestrian therapy Mm. and nature therapy so we supported them one year we supported the moore county foster closet for foster kids coming into care they have this closet of clothes and bags and shoes and things that they they leave without those things from their family so we supported them one year and then this past year the pregnancy life care center in Carthage. so that's been really cool as well because also within that you then grow those relationships and build those connections and then that's something that we can support in the future or you know they have their events that they do that we get to be a part of as well so that's really cool yeah i love it awesome well tell everyone what the website is yeah (laughs) we have yeah we have a website it's tamariskexperiences.com and do I need to spell that? Tamaris. Okay. We'll link it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You can, yeah, you can. And then we're on Instagram as well under Tamarisk Experiences. Yes. All Great. Right. Well, we're so excited to see what you guys dream up and Thank bring you. to the community. Yeah. Well, we're always listening. So let us know whatever ideas you have and we'd love to make them happen. Yeah. Yeah. Share all your ideas. Go to Instagram and share yes. all your ideas. Yeah. 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 Because I think <laughs> some people don't have the capacity to do, to put them on, but they want this experience yes and we can now take that and run with it and actually create a reality out of somebody's dream idea absolutely so beautiful thank you guys so much for coming thanks for having having us (laughs) Bye. Bye. bye bye